0: how can we be honest about the place's past and recognize that the idea of this place as a park is a place we want people to experience freely. We want people to come and enjoy and laugh and have all of these great experiences, but at the same time we have an opportunity and a responsibility to talk about the complex history.
1: Parks are important for the escape they provide us. But based on that snippet you're hearing about Dorothea Dix Park in Raleigh, it's equally crucial to acknowledge the history of our public spaces whenever that opportunity presents itself. Now, Kate Pierce, who you're hearing there, from the city of Raleigh, joined us to talk about Dix Park, which recently celebrated its fifth anniversary. And it was great to learn about the park from someone like her who knows its ins and outs. I mean, it was almost impossible to find something she didn't know about We cover a bit of everything, including the pioneering woman behind the name, where to find the best views of the Raleigh skyline, sunflowers, yoga, and more. This is NC Travel Chat, and I'm your host, Carl Hedinger.
0: My name is Kate Pierce, and I am a planning supervisor with the city of Raleigh. And what that means, basically, is that I'm um, in charge of all of the planning, current operations, and stewardship of Dix Park. So. I'm basically the city's project manager for the creation of Dix
1: Park. So have you been with Dix Park from its beginning?
0: So, yeah, the city bought the property July 2015 and I was hired November 2015 to lead the project.
1: Wow. So I guess take us into what is Dix Park? What do people expect if they, you know, stop by and visit?
0: Right. So Dix Park is this beautiful piece of land less than a half mile from downtown Raleigh. It's 308 acres. um, And right now, it's a lot of what you would have seen historically. So big, beautiful open fields, lovely meadows, lots of great trees in the city of Oaks, and a lot of old buildings. Um, So the Department of Health and Human Services still has their administrative headquarters there, and they occupy about 85 buildings that are still on the campus. That was once the state's mental health hospital.
1: When did it stop serving as the state's mental health hospital?
0: Yeah, so in the early 2000s, the state did a basically a feasibility study to investigate what was the best way to serve um, the patient population. And what they decided was that a large institution like Dix wasn't necessarily the best way to serve a declining patient population. And so they decided to move more into community-based services, and they the last patients left Dix in 2012, but there's still a lot of emotion tied to the hospital closing, and so we're very sensitive to the idea that for a lot of people, the, the hospital was this very sacred place that saved their lives, and there's still some emotion that the hospital is, is no longer active. So some of the patients were relocated to Butner, North Carolina, to the Central Regional Hospital, and some were um, have moved into community-based services.
1: I guess the name is another thing that's intriguing to me. I really loved looking into the background of Dorothy Dix. Uh, if you could just right. you know, speak a little bit about her.
0: Yeah, so Dorothea Dix was this really interesting figure in American history. She was a woman in the 19th century, basically personally responsible for the establishment of 32 different mental health hospitals in the U.S. Um, she never married. She kind of um, forged her own path and was part of that really progressive era in, in our history's time. Um, she was superintendent of nurses for the Union Army during the Civil War. Um, hmm. And so she just really accomplished a whole lot. She's also though not an uncomplicated figure. So she, if you look at a lot of her history, she did a lot of good for a lot of people, but um, she was also a, a product of her time.
1: Is there, is there something that is probably not as bright yeah, about know. her history?
0: She didn't believe in mental health care treatment for all. So if you were of Irish descendants or if you were African-American or if you were Native American, if you were from continental Europe, she believed that your brain chemistry was different than kind of the the Anglo-Saxon white brain chemistry. And so she really did advocate for lots of mental health treatment, but she did it for a select population.
1: And with today's park, are there any sort of plans to uh, reconcile?
0: Definitely. So one of the big things, if you think about the history of the park, you know, that land has seen so much. So it was Native American hunting grounds. It was a working plantation for 150 years. It was the state's first mental hospital that served only whites until about the late 1960s. So how do we reconcile and talk about all of these themes of race and treatment And enslavement, and um, in some cases, incarceration at a a state hospital, and be very honest and open about all of the things that happened there, not just the healing side, but also the, the potentially more complicated story. So, for me, one of the things I always like to think about is how can we be honest about the place's past and recognize that the idea of this place as a park is a place we want people to. Experience freely. We want people to come and enjoy and laugh and have all of these great experiences, but at the same time, we have an opportunity and a responsibility to talk about the complex history of the land. And so that's something we're really interested in doing in a lot of different ways. So, whether it be signage or we're working with some local artists to help kind of metabolize that history. Um, And so I think you're going to see a lot coming out about the legacy of the place, both how it was this healing refuge for a lot, but how also it was a place with a lot of bad memories for some folks.
1: And, and otherwise, I mean, one really big thing, and then, I mean, this doesn't have a lot to do with the history per se, but one of the things that makes Dorothy Dix special to people like me is things you can do there. Um, if you could just, you know, go into that.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, what's really amazing is that most great, Cities have these beautiful parks right downtown, right? Like you think about New York and Central Park, or Boston, the Boston Common. But all of those are made back in the 1850s, 1860s. And so today, we've got this opportunity to create this amazing Central Park for North Carolina, right in downtown Raleigh. And you can go out there today and you know um, take long walks and feel like you're a million miles from downtown. You can run through the big field, and you know it's it's become where everyone goes and flies their kites or, you know, uses their model airplane or drone. Um, You can get lost in some of the wooded areas near the Rocky Branch Creek. And it really is this amazing experience in nature right downtown. Like I, I, if you're walking through that big field and you get to this certain point and you can't see anything around you except rolling green. And I think that's a really special experience, um, especially when you're so close to, State Farmers Market and NC State and downtown Raleigh. It's it's just this real amazing escape to nature in the heart of the city.
1: Yeah, I love that. I was recently there and uh, I didn't have any luck flying my kite because there wasn't any wind. But you know, uh, that's where right. we are right now. Control but but I saw I did see a couple of guys uh, trying to fly their their drones and I and it it's funny because I feel like I've always seen those same guys there. They oh, I think they've back. been coming.
0: I mean, they've been. You know, I think. They kind of, that was their secret park for so long. And so they're probably <laughs> like, hey, who are these new people coming out to our turf? But those yeah. model airplane operators and drone operators have been some of the the folks that have been using that space for a long time.
1: Do they get involved with the park at all?
0: Um, You know, we've been intentional about kind of talking to them. And that's why that big field area is designated as an unmanned aerial aircraft safe place. So yeah. Um, we actually designated the big field there because it's, um, there are a lot of rules and regulations around where you can and can't fly, um, drones and model aircraft. And so because they've always been there, we wanted to respect that, you know, that's how they recreate. That's how they enjoy being outdoors and in space. And, um, so the big field is designated as a place for that.
1: I didn't realize that. That's cool. Where would you say would be your favorite views like of Raleigh? From oh park.
0: yeah, so that's the other thing. There are some really obvious ones. So if you're standing on the eastern side of the property uh, in an area we call the Grove, there's this picture, postcard perfect view of downtown Raleigh. Um, the shimmer walls in the distance. You know, it's the sloping green, and then you see the skyline and the cranes, and it's it's pretty amazing. Um, but there are also some really beautiful hidden uh, hidden views, and those are the ones that I like. So, uh-huh. um, there's this. Kind of mound on the backside of the old soccer fields that you can climb up and see a completely different view of downtown Raleigh and and I don't think a lot of people kind of experience all the different views of Raleigh and then you know you could be in an area we call the flower field and downtown's one direction and then if you turn the other direction it's the new Catholic cathedral and so it's just got all these little interesting views the NC State bell tower in the distance the Um, The smokestack from the Governor Moorhead School. So there are all these little views or little vignettes that I think are one of the things that make it really cool just to go out and explore, because I think you always discover something different.
1: The view from, I believe, the sunflower field is the cover image that we use for this podcast and also for any Raleigh um, sort of landing pages that we we use, because it's such an awesome view of the skyline. I don't know if you can beat that view.
0: Yeah, you know, it's um, it's a pretty special place. And if you think about it, it was intentionally picked as this kind of haven on the hill, right? Like this high point in Raleigh. And so um, the fact that it's now becoming this public park, this public space, is I think a pretty cool way to open Raleigh up to the state and, and the world.
1: And speaking of, I guess, opening it up, uh, there are some events that happen throughout the year. I know this year is a different year. But what normally can one expect regarding events at Dick's Park? Right, so
0: if this had been a normal year, right now at Dick's Park, you would have been walking through four acres of sunflowers. You would have just come um, from one of our most attended events, which is called SunFest. We had over 25,000 people attend last year. It's really the celebration (laughs) of art and music and sunflowers and nature. Um, We do smaller programs that could be anywhere from you know six little 5 to 6 year olds learning about nature to huge events like Destination Dicks Sunfest and Fallfest where we partner throughout the community and just bring in a lot of people to enjoy the space so we really try to speak to a lot of different things the history of the property nature community food fun like how can we make this a place that people really want to come and be and celebrate together um, obviously that's challenged us a lot this year and we've done some really cool virtual programming, but it's not the same as being out the park. Um, the other thing though, is that I feel like this year, the park has really shown how important it is to the community. So when COVID first hit and it was cooler in March and April, the park was, was working. It was the place people wanted to go and a place where they could be together, but safely apart because it's just so big out there. Um, And so it was really um, emotional for me and inspiring to see so many people using it as a public park. Um, You know, it's kind of had this growing attendance or visitorship over time. But since the pandemic hit, it's really become, I think, an escape for people. You know, we can't go to the movie theater. We can't have our street festivals, but we can go to Dick's Park and throw a Frisbee or have a picnic. and, And it's been really special to see all that happen.
1: Anytime I go there, it's just amazing to see people out there enjoying themselves, walking around. I think I even saw some yoga recently uh, happening on the. Yeah,
0: that probably wasn't. So the city puts on some yoga classes, but there's also individuals that go out there and teach small little yoga classes. Or, um, you know, I think so many people are doing their baby or wedding or engagement photos. And so it's really nice to see people just make it their own.
1: Yeah. Regarding Covid. I mean, you you alluded to what some virtual things you're doing. Are there any other things that Dix Park is doing to cope with all this?
0: Yeah. So um, one thing we're doing is we're starting um, a number of park improvements. So the Conservancy, which is our 501c3, has pledged some money to help basically improve the daily park visitors' experience. So, for example, um, more benches, more trash cans, more picnic tables, maybe some very limited play structures, maybe we are going to add some potentially more gravel parking lots along the big field. So how can we do some small things while we're waiting on big projects to move forward that just make the, the daily park visitors experience better? Um, yeah. Because to date we've really just let the land be the attraction. And, and now we're going to transition to kind of bringing some more formalized picnic areas and shaded areas so that people can, can use it.
1: Huh, that's interesting. I, I look forward to seeing that I, this might be something that you might not be able to discuss, but I'm just curious, like uh, the recent outdoors act that was passed, will that in any way affect Dick's park?
0: That's a good question. And I'm not as, you know, up, up, up on it, as I should be. Um, you know, we are a city owned facility yeah. and a city owned and city operated park. So all of our budget either comes from the city of Raleigh or, the Dix Park Conservancy. So I'm not sure if there's going to be any impact from the Outdoors Act.
1: Okay, just thought I'd ask because that's yeah. it's been a huge one that just came out. Is there anything uh, you'd like to tell people about Dix Park that maybe we didn't talk about?
0: Yeah, you know, I guess the only thing is that we're really excited about what's coming in the next couple of years. So we're doing all these early park improvements. We hope to open our first indoor space, which is going to be a rehabilitated oh. rehabilitated chapel. Um, and that'll open at the beginning of the year, I mean, pending COVID and everything else. And then we're starting the design for our first major project, which is called the Plaza and Play. And that's really going to be probably the coolest playground slash fountain slash garden rooms slash place for family reunions on the East Coast is our goal. So wow. that project, yeah, that project will start in design in about a month and then we hope to be into construction two years from now and it opened probably 20 to 22 months after that. So it's, you know, that's short in a project development timeline, but that probably seems long to listeners like three to four years before it's open. But just yeah. imagine like the coolest playground and your kids running through fountains and grandparents over there having an iced tea and family reunions and cookouts. Oh. That is something we're really excited about to get going.
1: Will that take place? anywhere specific on the property?
0: It's along Lake Wheeler Road. So if you come off I-40 into Raleigh and you exit on Lake Wheeler Road past the state farmer's market, it's going to be like the first thing that greets you at Dix Park.
1: Um,
0: And so there's some frontage right there that's going to become this amazing public gathering space. And so We don't have a name for it yet. We call it Plaza and Play, which is pretty boring. And we hope a name comes out of the design process, (laughs) but it's something really exciting to look forward to.
1: That's really cool. I look forward to seeing that. Um, And so I guess otherwise, where can people find info about Dix Park?
0: Right. So the best place is either through our social channels. So on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Dix Park, or you can follow the hashtag Dix Park. And then the website at DixPark.org. Um, you can also check out our partners, The Conservancy, at their um, social channels or on their website, thedicksconservancy.org.
1: Now, before I let Kate go, there was one other thing that was on my mind, and it just relates to where she's from and what she likes to do in North Carolina. I saw, I saw somewhere you mentioned that you were a Mississippian, Is that right?
0: Texsippian. Right. Yeah. so I grew up in, in Texas and Mississippi. Yep.
1: Okay. Um, and how long have you been in North Carolina total? So
0: I've been in, yeah, North Carolina, Raleigh for about five years and I was in Charlotte for about five years.
1: Okay. So about 10 years in North Carolina. Do you, do you have like a place that you love going outside of Raleigh, even Charlotte?
0: Yeah, well, so I'm very lucky that I have cousins in Asheville and cousins in Wilmington. So it's nice to be (laughs) able to go to the mountains and hike around and you know cool off. And it's equally as great to go to the beach and you know go for go on the boats. And that's the one thing about North Carolina. It's the kind of the diversity of experiences you can have in one state. Um, You know, growing up in Texas and Mississippi. In Texas, you had to drive 10 to 12 hours to get to the coast, and there definitely weren't mountains unless you went, went down to Big Bend. Um, and so, the you know, all of the different experiences you can have, whether it be in the mountains or the Piedmont or the coast, it's pretty special. And I, I love that about North Carolina. I also um, didn't grow up with seasons. It was like, you know, hot or cold <laughs> in the two places I lived. And so it's nice to have some seasonality and sea leaves turning and, and all of that.
1: So I'm going to put you on the spot. If you were to choose okay. one, would you say Asheville uh, or Wilmington?
0: Man, that's <laughs> tough. Um, right now I'd have to say it's, it's rightsful Wilmington because it's summer and oh, yeah. I, yeah, you know, my, my cousins, they, um, have a boat and you can't really beat oh, yeah. summer <laughs> on the water on the beach, going to Mason's inlet or Masonboro, and, and tooling around um it's pretty special so uh, do
1: you go okay. shelling over there
0: we do yeah i've got two little cousins that um you know they're just coming out of the age where sh- shelling is a little less cool than it used to be a couple years ago <laughs> um, but it's it's a lot of fun so um right you know right now it would be the beach but in a few months it would probably be the mountains because yeah of the leaves turning
1: thank you so much kate and yeah, thanks. uh thanks I really wish you all the best with everything going forward with Dix Park.
0: Well, I appreciate it. And hopefully next time we can be out at the park and maybe there'll be something interesting to see and do.
1: I appreciate Kate's patience with me bugging her to choose between two really awesome places in our state. Very sorry, Kate. Uh, Hopefully anyone from Asheville or Wilmington will bear with me on that one too. Also, I loved her honesty in bringing up the less sunny sides of Dorothea Dix's legacy. I didn't expect that to come up, and I really commend her and everyone else affiliated with Dix Park who seem to view this as more of an opportunity for acknowledgement and reconciliation. That is very important for many places throughout North Carolina and throughout the world. If you're within a drive of Raleigh or live in the city or plan to visit sometime, I really hope you'll make use of this space because Dorothea Dix is really one of our favorite patches of green space in the area. We've included it in our guide to a weekend in Raleigh, which you can find on nctripping.com. Uh, we've also included it in our free things to do in Raleigh guide and quite a few other places. So just go to our site and there's a search bar. Just type in Dorothea Dix Park, and you'll find a few stories about it. Thanks again for listening. We really look forward to sharing more amazing places and the people behind them with you. If you've enjoyed this NC Travel Chat, please give us a review and tell your friends about us. You can also chat with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at nctripping. And if you have any fun photos, please share them with us using the hashtag nctravelchat. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, we look forward to seeing you out there exploring North Carolina.